All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ podcast. Thank you for letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode 50 of the KISS FAQ podcast. I am your host this week, Lonnie Weishauer, STL KISS on the KISS FAQ message board. And today on the show is Julian, the admin. Hi, everybody. Say hello, Julian. (laughs) (laughs) Ken, 69th Blizzard. Hello. And all the way from Sweden, we have Daniel, who's the wheeze, and we're experiencing some some technical difficulties with Daniel right now. He might be writing the viewers a message. But um, thank you for everyone who listened last week and commented on the show last week. Um, Please continue to... (laughs) (laughs) Don't laugh. This is terrible. (laughs) Please continue to to uh, comment. We enjoy reading the comments and interacting with the board about the uh, topic from the KISS FAQ podcast. So thank you for everyone for listening and commenting. Well, today we are going to do an episode similar to one we've done in the past, kind of a continuation, uh, part two, if you will. We did a show about top threes of KISS, just quick hits of favorite things about the band. We're going to continue that today. So so let's jump right into it. Um, we're going to talk about the top three KISS, our favorite KISS album covers of all time. There's some iconic KISS album covers. There's some bad KISS album covers. We might get into that here in a little bit. But your top three KISS album covers of all time. So, Ken, let's hear from you first. What do you have for your top three KISS album covers? My top three KISS album covers. Uh, it's a hard decision. There's so many you know, good album covers. Most of them are good. Um, but uh, my three are... Uh, no particular order, really. Um, rock and Roll Over. I think it's an iconic uh, look to it. And uh, just... I don't know. It's Is that just number one or number three? At. Is it number one or number three, Rock and Roll Over? Uh, okay, if we're going to put it in order, I'm going to say it's number one for me. Okay? And then uh, the next one... Um, Number two, I guess we'll go with here. Uh, Destroyer. Destroyer. I mean, it's kind of an obvious pick um, uh, for that. I mean, that's just the the first superhero kind of look for the band. Uh, you know, the change of the the upgrade of the costumes um, from their pretty much you know homemade stuff in the earlier years. Um, there was a, you know they went full blown on that one. And great painting. And there's the original, which is pretty cool, too, uh, that we see on the uh, the remastered or the special edition that came out a couple years ago. And that's good, too. So, And then the next one, I, I debated uh, between uh, Creatures and Alive, because Alive is iconic for them on stage. But I, I went with Creatures because I just love that album cover uh, the look of it the, the the way the color is the nighttime creatures of the night deal um and now i'm seeing things from uh, I got, oh yeah. destroy oh how about that folks <laughs> we're gonna have a match today I, I hope we get a you know get a, a trip to some hawaii or something for that match but anyway uh, like old Daniel so, hawaii? so creatures in the night <laughs> i swear i didn't look at look at your uh, list <laughs> daniel um, so Creatures of the Night is the next one. And I, I just love it. Um, I, I, like I had a big, I still have it, a big blanket of that Creatures of the Night cover. I was hanging on the wall at one time. Um, I just love that one so much. So those are my three top uh, album covers. Those are nice picks. Um, Daniel obviously has the same ones, and, and I actually have the same ones also. <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> you gotta read my sloppy handwriting, but it says "Destroyer Creatures Rock and Roll Over." My top okay, three. not in wow. that same order, but those same three album covers. That's pretty so, amazing, really. Pretty, yeah. Seriously, 
We're supposed to be part- different so we can argue on the show, not the same. <laughs> We're part of the the percentage here of things. I'm gonna I'm gonna say most of the fans would probably choose very close or similar to our list. Then. Yeah, I don't think people are going to be out there arguing. Except Julian, because there's, there's some odd, there are some oddballs out there. <laughs> that's why that's why I don't do lists before doing these shows. Ah, that might be the way to do it too. It's just to ad lib it and just to go off. I, I, I just want to go with my gut reaction, and not actually think about it. So if you guys all have the same three, then I'll give you mine. And first one is um, Crazy Nights, the bro- mm-hmm. the broken glass yep. look, and it, it's not really how it's executed; it's the style. I absolutely love the broken glass because it kind of mirrored back to Paul's guitar design and all that, and it's also just a cool design element. Um, number two is Alive for me, which is kind okay. of the quintessential Kiss yeah. album. If it's it's my quintessential Kiss album, regardless. You know, if I need something to pick me up, I don't go for Cold Gin. I go for Kiss Alive. Um, and my top one is actually the W. And it is because of its uh, kind of similarities with a certain Beatles album cover. Right. Yeah. Um, and because it's the first one. And because it's kind of so simple that it's incredible. So, you know, with getting into the band in the mid-'80s, I, I managed to avoid saying that, uh, you know, Asylum. I didn't say it. Um you know, yeah. When yeah. I start when I started going backwards, you know, it it was that first album and that was the beginning. The makeup's different, and you know, it, everything that it represents for me was kind of what makes that my number one pick. Makes no sense. one picked Love Gun. Love Gun is that's a good that was painting as well. But, but why did why didn't you pick that one? That's interesting that none of us picked Love Gun as iconic. I, th- I thought about Love Gun. We all like Destroyer. That was yeah, probably the same artist, you know, with Ken Kelly, obviously, but none of us picked that. And But I guess it's like a, if I had to pick, if we were doing a top four, I probably would put it put it in my top four. You know what I mean? But I guess, I guess because Destroyer and Creatures are by the same artist and they are very similar to one another, but I mean, Maybe it's because Destroyer is just that iconic look, and you've seen that that image of the band on so many different forms of merchandise or just ways of advertising the band. You've seen that Destroyer image everywhere that I went with Destroyer as being, you know, in my top three. What about you, Daniel? Why would you pick Destroyer over over Love Gun? Well, I kind of. I like the way they look at Destroyer because it's like they it feels like they have a lot of power, they are angry, you have the city in the background and also the backside of the album fits well. Uh if you look at Love Gun, I'm not particularly particularly impressed by the way they presented themselves there with you know, like the ladies laying in front of them, it felt kinda cheesy. And the back of Love Gun uh, isn't that good a either so i feel that love gun is a few steps below destroyer yeah we could have talked about the you know maybe we've gotten more variety if we just said let's top the top three back covers (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know uh i mean because there's some bad and good ones there too if you think about it absolutely like the back of the original kiss album cover is awful you can't even read the songs hardly on it yeah yeah. If, if for any of them it's really dated that back cover. I mean that really is nineteen seventy four. It's like we only had enough money to pay for the front cover. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's right. very true. All right. Well maybe we can uh do another topic here where we might have a little more debate and anybody agreeing on the same <laughs> thing. So let's do favorite non makeup kiss songs. Daniel, let's start with you this time. Well, uh, this is a hard one. Uh, if I go back and think about uh, the past when I was at the height of my hysteria, I would definitely say having some fire and tears are falling. But, you know, over time, you kind of... It's, it's it's like you, Lana, with I Love It Loud. At one point, it was great, but then you kind of get fed up with it. So so I, I won't pick any, any one of those two, be, even though I still like them to, to some degree. But um, in third place, I would say 
Unholy. The studio version, of course. Nothing else. Uh, great song. And we've all talked about this earlier. You know, the video. Gene being back in black. Looking mean. And I kind of like it. I know there are others here that won't agree with, with me. But, uh, you know, that's my third one. Uh, second one, I'd say... I always like the one-two punch in the beginning of Animalize. So I'd put I've Had Enough into the fire there. Um, real cool song. Uh, I actually enjoy Mark St. John's riffs or solos on that one. And uh, you even hear Eric Carr at one point there. So that's a, a nice treat. Uh, a great song. They didn't really... Uh, they they should have tested it more live, I think. They did it for a few shows, I think, in England and a few other places, but uh, uh, just a few times. I would love to see them try it again. Well, not now, maybe, but they should have tried it more. I think it's a good song. And in number one, at, at number one, I would pick a song from Asylum. And when it comes to Kiss song, albums, often if you look at the first song, on the Kiss albums, it's a great one, and on Animal uh, Asylum, it is uh, King of the Mountain. I've always liked that one, from the drums to the vocals to the chorus, everything. So that's actually, uh, I'd, I'd say, that's my favorite song from the non-makeup era. It's great pick, King of the yeah. Mountain. It is a great pick. I love it. It's a, it's a great, it's a great song to to work out to or to run to, or it's just like, I feel like Rocky Balboa when I'm running to that song. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm running the streets of St. Louis instead of Philadelphia. <laughs> All right. That's, those are great picks. What about you, Ken? What do you got? Uh, I have almost, I only, I have one match that this time, Daniel. So yeah, <laughs> I thought, I actually thought Daniel was going to choose fits like a glove. Cause I know he's talked about that in the past. But you said it was so fucking terrible, so I, I didn't dare to say it. I didn't say it was terrible. You, you said the scream was the best part. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is a good part. What she said. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. My songs for non-makeup songs, three. Uh, I guess not in particular order, but um, the first one I have is Not For The Innocent. I, I just love that song. I love the way it kind of builds at the beginning and kicks in in that low end of the song. Just the, the drive of it. Um, I, I have nothing bad to say about that song. I just love it. I love to hear it. I never skip it. The next song is Unholy, which you know Daniel had on his list. It's just a great song, a great return to Kiss coming back from the most of the 80s mishaps and most of it's Gene's mishaps I guess in a lot of the 80s uh, mid 80s so uh, that's a, just a great song and then the next one is uh, it was hard to pick of course these three uh, uh, I don't know I was thinking about Exciter and stuff like that but uh, I went with A Million to One uh, I, I love that Paul song it's just a well written great you know great vocal song i mean it's just a piece of work i mean i would have released it as a single uh, off of that i didn't go with the obvious lick it up and heavens on fire maybe because i'm sick of them i mean they're great songs but uh these are other songs that i really enjoy so those are my three only one overlap very nice <laughs> i kind of i think uh when I do mine, I think everybody knows I'm gonna obviously gonna have some revenge picks in there. But Julian, Julian likes Asylum, so let let's hear Julian's picks. What he has again, I, I get the benefit of uh, you know not writing down a list, so I can change mine as we get overlap. But I'm not gonna change uh, one of the overlaps. So my number three pick actually comes from Revenge, um, and it is God gave rock and roll to you too. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that song to this day i like the anthemic nature it's everything that you expect from kiss at that time it's kind of a positive rock song it's you know like i which seems a very topical um kind of mention but 
without the makeup. So it's 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 a, it remains a very cool song, and it really still touches me with it being Eric's last contributions to the band and the other Eric's first contributions to the band. So it transcends for me more than just the music being really cool and it being a good song that I still love to hear. Number two pick was King of the Mountain. Um, again, my first album, the absolutely bombastic intro, the 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 kind of the kiss on steroids. Uh, for me, that is the best representation of any of the material off either Animalize or Asylum. It, it's really the best of those two albums for me. I love it to this day. Um, so in, enough said. I, I, I compare it on about Asylum any day. Uh, so jolly good pick. I like that. Um, my my final one and Ken brought up a million to one, which I didn't even think of any of the ballads or the or the power ballads from this period. But some of those are the very best of the material um, that the band have released. So that was a very good pick, and I, I didn't even consider that one. My pick does come from that album, and again, it's the lead off track, Exciter, which I love the attitude, the rhythm, the chugging along of that, the. Love the Vinny guitar solo on that. That's just the best he ever did. Oh, sorry, that wasn't Vinny. Um, it was someone else, yeah. Yeah. No, and and I never understood why anyone else did it, but, you know, it's a great song. It's a very well-crafted Paul Stanley song, and, and that's probably what I like about it so much, plus the execution. It's not over over the top in any way. It's just solid, and, again, that that's kind of what gets me, how solid the song is. So yeah, you know, I've I've picked something off revenge today, Lonnie. How about that? I'm impressed. In fact, everyone is picking some everyone has picked a song yeah. off revenge so far. So what does that tell you? <laughs> that delusion has set in. <laughs> <laughs> See? I I just have to comment figure. on the if I can make a brief comment on the God gave rock and roll to you pick. I think that what that track it was a good track, but it didn't fit the album. If you look at, for example, the lyrics in uh, Thou Shalt Not, you listen to Thou Shalt Not, and they are pretty critical to, you know, the church and all that. And then you have a song like God Gave Rock and Roll to You, <clears throat> which is, you know, telling a different kind of message. So I, <clears throat> I liked the song, but I, I didn't think it fit the album. Uh, but it's a great song, and if you compare it to the original, it's really good. They were singing about a lot of strange things there. But, you know, uh, Thou Shalt Not, great lyrics and everything, and then you have God Gave Rock and Roll. I, I don't think it fit the album. And you have Unholy talking about, you know, tricking kids and sending them off to war and, uh, you know, brainwashing and everything. Mm. Uh, so I, I didn't think it was a good fit for that album. You know, I, I totally agree with you because I don't, and don't get me wrong. I, I really, everybody knows how I feel about revenge, but it, it, the song, and I like the song too, but it doesn't really fit well with other, what they're trying to convey on that album and trying to be like a, a darker kiss. And I, you know what I mean? Well, it, it, yeah. I mean, it was started with, it was on the, uh, Bill and Ted's, Bill and Ted's right. bogus journey. Sure. Um, I think they had this on an album. Yeah. I understand it. They had the song already, and they they probably figured, well, let's just go just go ahead and add it. That is the only reason it was on the album is that it was a hit yeah. on mm-hmm. that soundtrack, and they weren't going to leave it off. Had right. it been it a on that soundtrack, it wouldn't have been on the album. You're exactly right. They didn't put "Nothing Can Keep Me From You" on the next album, you know. Hallelujah! <laughs> oh, See, gosh. God did give rock and roll to us. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! <laughs> I, yeah. So my three for for non makeup and. Going back to what Daniel said, Thou Shall Not is on my list. I love that song. Good pick. It's dark. It's 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 heavy. It's it's just really just punchy in the balls type song. I like that. So I, I'm going with Thou Shall Not. Um, I'm actually going with Heaven's on Fire. And I know I I just think it's an it's a great song for where Kiss was at the time. And it's it's for me. It's aged really well. They haven't overplayed it in concert like they have some of the other songs from that era, and maybe they and maybe and maybe one reason why is they it'd be kind of hard for them to play with the limitations of Paul Stanley. But 
Heavens on Fire still transcends really well for me. And then my number one is Unholy. So, um, yeah. interesting that three of us take Unholy, all of us take something off Revenge. Um, but Julian and, and Daniel both take King of the Mountain. And, that, and that's a, I talked about that just a few minutes ago. It's a fantastic song also. And, um, some differences, but some similarities. So, yeah, I think one of the th- the key things for me is uh, you know how reticent I am about picking stuff off Revenge because I just don't like the overall kind of lyrical content of the album. I find it very juvenile. That doesn't mean that it's not got good material on it that's well crafted, that's you know good musically, and in the case of the song you picked. You but know, if you say that revenge is is a juvenile, if the lyrics are juvenile on the revenge, w- w- what do you say about like animalized asylum, crazy nights, and all and the shit? It's always pretty. Yeah, it's, but I, I was fourteen. Or, deep. <laughs> I was fourteen or fifteen at that time. By the time yeah. revenge comes along, I'm older. So it, it's then all of a sudden I'm twenty something, and oh, yeah. you know, this is for the kids. This is for yeah, the fourteen year olds. That's kind of where I come from on that. You know, at twenty two, I couldn't look and say, "Well, you were listening to how many times did you put on Let's Put the X in Sex when that freaking album came out, Mister Gill?" You know, now would you be caught dead playing it? No. So you know, it, it's a little bit of hypocrisy, perhaps, but also self. You know, not realizing that you'd been 14 at one time, and that's just kind of stuck throughout life. Yeah. But well, what what do you think about the uh, version they played of "Let's Put the X in Sex" on the convention store? <laughs> I think it was kind of cool. I kind of like that one. Yeah, it's all fun and games until they have an yeah. eight-year-old girl come up and sing it. Yeah. Then it's kind of creepy at that point. At that yeah. point, that just yeah. killed it. It's a little uncomfortable. I've, I've, I've yes. never never been able to handle that song since. <laughs> you can handle it before though but but yet i have no problem with christine <laughs> yeah. 16 go figure yeah yeah well yeah. i'm 93 you're 16 yeah <laughs> oh yeah. yeah that's okay too. all right let's move on so kiss always has had different different uh tricks that they pull on stage whether it be you know different Different, uh, whether it be coming up from the bottom of the stage, coming down from the top of the stage, obviously Paul flying out, Gene flying to the rafters. What are some of your guys' favorite stunts or 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 tricks that Kiss does on stage? Julian, let's go to you first. I, I had a real problem with this this question because I really felt it, I had to be at concert to witness one of these gimmicks that they did and having missed so many concerts until you know the psycho circus era you know that gives me a very limited amount of bags of you know of the bag of tricks to pick from so i'm going to keep it there regardless i i don't know how many i have of the three but i think my top one is the one i hate the most but it's thinking about it and thinking about when i experienced it multiple times and that's Paul Stanley flying out to the center stage. I absolutely hate that gimmick now, that it's so overdone. It's just like, do something different. But yet, when I'm in an audience, he goes flying over your head, which uh, at the last show in, in, I think it was Concord, he went directly over my head, and it was like, reach out and touch his foot um, close, that I was like, wow, that's actually pretty neat. And then the next time I see it on the video, I'm like, oh, God damn it, get rid of that freaking, you know. It. So for me, Paul Stanley flying while being passed at sell-by-date is one of the coolest ones that I've gotten to see. Um, I also like the way they did it in Vegas with him going around the you know, perimeter of, I think it was the second level of the of the venue. Um, that was kind of like a, a, a neat reinvigoration of it where he did part of black diamond i think on one mini stage on one side and the start of his solo on the other so mm-hmm. um if if i'm to pick another one i'm going to take jeans flying up and puking blood um you know just because it's been such a part of the show going back to the dynasty tour that it's so ingrained and, and I'm going to leave it there with two picks. I, I would love to say that I like to see Tommy or doing this or Eric with his bazooka pointed backwards shooting shit down from the stage, but it doesn't do a thing for me. So I'll, I'll just stick with Gene and Paul. 
Very good. Um, I'm going to go next just to make things change things up a little bit. And I'm going to say my th- – oh, I'm going to do it three, two. My, I guess my number three, I always did like the fire breathing. And it's just classic and iconic and it's something that, that you come to expect at a KISS show um, that it, it wouldn't almost seem complete without Gene breathing fire. Um, and I know, and I've, I've enjoyed that over the last decade or so, they've kind of swished it up that it doesn't have to be at the end of firehouse that, you know, that they've done it after the end of hotter than hell. And they've done it at the end of war machine that we don't, well, Gene's breathing fire. So we have to play firehouse every single night. And I've liked that. They've been able to change that up. It's because if you're not a hardcore kiss fan, you know, that at some point in, in the show, Gene Simmons breathes fire, you know, and it's just something that you come to expect going to a Kiss show. So, um, as much as maybe some people are tired of it, I think it's it's so iconic that I I would put that. And then also the Gene drooling blood is something that, you know, that they almost their their hand their handcuffed that they have to do that every night. But it's so iconic though. And the number one thing for me is something that they don't do anymore, and I'm actually glad they don't do it but it's still my number one, and that is the smoking guitar. It's Ace Frehley's smoking guitar is, I think, the coolest thing, you know, maybe I've ever seen at a, at a show. And I'm, I'm glad that, that they don't have Tommy do the smoking guitar. I know that they do the rockets out of Tommy's guitar, but I think the smoking guitar is something that should be reserved for Ace Frehley, and I'm glad that they respected that and, and left that for Ace. But that's my favorite. It's just the first time I saw that on... I, Maybe the first time I saw that was on the Kiss My Ass VHS tape and I was about 13 years old and I thought, oh my God, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then when I saw it live for the first time, you know, it's just so, it's just so iconic to have the guitar solo and all of a sudden this guitar is smoking. It's like it's so cool. So that's still my number one is Ace Fairly Smoking Guitar no matter what. So Good pick. Daniel, what, thank you. Daniel, what about you? Well... I'm I'm kind of on the same page as uh, Julian. Uh, I'm kind of over many of these gimmicks and tricks. I'm gonna I'm gonna met metamorphize. How do you say it? metamorph? I'm Close. going to yeah metamorphose this into more like stage uh, move. It's number three. The Paul Stanley splits. You know mm. this one when he jumps and do the well I can't do it for us Daniel. What I mean. Demonstrate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go back and do one. <clears throat> I'll split my pants. Well, that's it was such a great move on stage, and he did it relentlessly during the Crazy Night Tour, and to a lesser extent on the Hot in the Shade and Revenge Tour, and then it like kind of died out. Well, he did it a few times back in '94, '95, but then it disappeared, and I miss it to this day. Second place, Paul's, the Paul Stanley round kick. What happened? I haven't seen it in, tw- uh, well, is it 20 years maybe? Yeah, they have surgery as well, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that what happened, yeah. Well, if you look, for example, you can look at, uh, if you look at nine, back in 95 when they played Osaka, you know, Japan. And you look at, look up calling Dr. Love. In the beginning there, he does a perfect round kick. It's like incredible. The guy is like 40, he's over 40 years old and uh, and he's doing that kind of round kick. It's so cool. And in, num- in number one, he tries it to this day, uh, Paul Stanley, but, but he, he can't pull it off. The Paul Stanley dance. You know, the he moves the feet and he goes around the stage over here and over here. And he's the only one in the world that can pull it off, and, and it looks cool, I think. If you try it at home, you won't be able to, to make Especially it Especially if you're cool. wearing platform boots while he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what I miss, not so much uh, the tricks, but Paul Stanley and his iconic moves. Well, some of them were, you know, he stole them from, from Van Halen and, and a few others, but... Uh, I love those moves, and I haven't seen them in 20 years, so I miss them a lot. Yeah, that's it. Unfortunately, we have to, we all have to get old. So. 
Yeah. Daniel, what about you? Oh, you just did. No, you're you're Daniel. Hello, Dan. <laughs> we got um, a lot of swords today. Mine's mine are close. I was gonna put on the list, uh, you know, uh, lip lip syncing um, samurai son in Japan or something like oh, that. But I, shot. I I didn't put that on the list. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so here I have uh, one of mine is smoking guitar, just like Lonnie. I mean, it's just a great effect. I love to see that. Um, of course, we don't see it with Tommy, of course, and that's probably you know a good thing that he's not doing it. Julian's um, website would explode if that ever happens. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. man. I don't think the, I don't think a lot, a large percentage of the Kiss Army could handle that. Their heads would explode. So oh. coming coming next year on tour, I'm pretty sure they're going to do it now. Oh, yeah, probably <laughs> just to show everybody. <laughs> All right. So the next one uh, is fire breathing. Again, like Lonnie, I mean, I, you kind of expect it. Um, plus, technically, you know, it's that's a dangerous thing to be doing. You know, how many times you know, I'm surprised he hasn't inhaled uh, by accident one night. You know, and geez, things can really go wrong with that. Bad news. You know, so but that's that's just something I expect. I remember I, I when I didn't see it like that that show. Julian and I were at that one show out in Sacramento, not together there, but. As we attended the same show, and and they didn't they didn't do any effects like that. Um, there was what no. Was that? I don't think there was fire or or blood. I from what I remember. What year was that? Off show they did or something? Yeah, yeah rally field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that, that, so that was the I, ten thousand table special show. That's right. Yeah, I don't think they did any of that stuff. I don't remember them doing that at least. But uh, you got to have that. And then the other one on my list is uh, uh, like Daniels. I, I put Paul's jumps and leaps. I mean, <laughs> the, especially you know the he you know when he was younger, man, he could really, really get up there. I mean, he got he got some air, um, and uh, he did some crazy things. And I, I do like what Daniel said about his dancing. I mean, if you go back to one of those those old. Uh, I want to say you don't like, have to go that far back. If you look at Kiss Confidential, well, I guess that's twenty years. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the things he was <laughs> able to that, do, so the things crazy. that he was able to do for in in seven inch heels. I mean, that's just amazing, really. Whether they're hollowed out heels or what, that's still just amazing to come back down on your feet and not fall over, um, and. His dancing in those was just amazing how quick his feet were moving. And he just, you know, at the beginning of the show, you see the show, he comes out and he just like shuffles the quick shuffle across and back. Like, holy, you know, how can he do that? How is he just, standing up? It's just amazing. How's you know, it still vertical? Do they have a treadmill on stage or what is it? You know? <laughs> um, but those, those are my three. And, you know, so it's pretty much a crossover with a, a couple of you guys. Yeah. Well, you figured on that one we'd have some crossovers. But, oh, yeah. But maybe not on the next one. <laughs> and that is, next top three I'm going to throw out there, is top three songs you want Kiss to play when they tour in 2016. What three songs you want to hear the most? And, and maybe, it's, maybe it's rock and roll night. I don't know. But what three <laughs> songs would you want to hear Kiss play more than anything else? When they tour in 2016, Daniel. Well, I guess we have to pick a lot of Gene Simmons songs, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll start with in, 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 in my third place. I couldn't, I could almost pick anything from Asylum because that's my favorite Gene album. I guess, well, at least non-makeup album. He has a lot of good tunes on that one. Uh, but I'll go with one of the ones that didn't get a lot of love on the the Asylum episode uh, earlier on in, in in the Kiss FAQ podcast history. But I, I'd love to hear like a, a, a an up tempo song with Gene Simmons uh, with some screaming and stuff. You know, like "Love's a Deadly Weapon." That's in my third place. I'd love to hear that one. Uh, 
I guess they would only play it once and then I would never play it again, but but that would be enough for me. Uh, no one would know it in the crowd. And in second place, here it comes, fits like a glove. So you yeah, weren't that it. far off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I know many people. <laughs> yeah, many people don't like this one, but, you know, they, they it was... Um, it was in the set list from like 83 to up to 90 at least, so seven years then. They never played it after that, I think. Uh, I think it's a cool song for Gene. He doesn't have a lot of up-tempo songs. Uh, and that's another one he could do, and I think he can pull it off still to this day. It would be cool to see it in makeup. It, you know, it, it adds yeah. Some, something, yeah. And in the first place, I have Not for the Innocent. Uh. I always love Gene doing, you know, those kind of mean songs. Uh, but I wouldn't pick the studio version. I would pick the demo version. And maybe you could have, you know, the one where they're trade vocals, uh, Gene and Paul. So I would like it played like that with the, them trading vocals. Or And if Paul can't pull it off, you can put Eric Singer there and he would do a fine job. That would be cool to hear. It'd be fun. Those are fun songs that they haven't done in forever. I would at least get hardcore fans fired up and the average fan might go get another beer or something. Who gives a shit about them? (laughs) Who gives a shit? It's about us. More important than other people. Julian, what about you? Well, I, I, I agree that it kind of needs to be more Gene songs than Paul songs, but um, my, my first pick would be Nobody's Perfect off Sonic Boom. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it. It, it's it's kind of a later day um, song album, pardon me, that's been neglected somewhat, where if you think of what they did with Monster, they came out and they at least tried five or six songs off there. Uh, they never really gave Sonic Boom as much stage time, and I think that's a, a, because it dates from the '80s anyway. For the most part, you know, it's a good way of having old Gene and new Gene in one package. Um, you know, along with Tommy and Eric both being fully invested in that material. So, give me some Boom. Number two, I'm gonna say throw Paul a bone here and Mr. Speed. I, I think they've shown that they can make it work to a certain extent with his new reality. So why not throw that one bone to the 1% who would actually care? And, you know, let's get over this hump of fucking caring about the excuse of we have to do the classics because that's what people expect. No, people are going to a KISS concert and what they expect is a show. And I don't think the soundtrack really matters a damn to as long as there's blinking lights, flames, blood and flying, the minions and masses won't know the fucking difference of what is actually going on in the background. So throw Mr. Speed out there and give us something that we can stop complaining about online. Um, and and then I think I, I want to see oh god I, 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 I want to see something off Dynasty and you know I think probably uh, I would have said Save Your Love because it's one of my all time favorite songs and I'd love to hear it live but I don't really think I can allow Tommy to sing that, so we'll have to take charisma, uh, which yeah, is which oh. is which is a good attitude-filled kind of easier song to play. I just think it could be fun to have a little bit of charisma on stage and have Gene maybe just the body language that would go along with the performance of that song could be really an entertaining part of the show. So that's as as deep as I, I want to go. I mean, I, I did think about some of the 80s albums, but I don't think it works. So that's my three. You're good. I like the uh, Nobody's Perfect. That'd be really cool. So, and you're right. You're right about people aren't going there for those certain songs. The, the common fan is going there for... The tricks that we talked about a little bit ago. They're going there because they want to see the fire breathing. They want to see the blood drooling. They're not going to know the difference between Nobody's Perfect or Cold Gin. They're not. And But for whatever reason, Kiss or Gene and Paul or Doc McGee or whoever is calling those shots can't see that. You know, they're going to be happy. They're going to be, woohoo, rock and roll all night, yay! <laughs> you try to like city rock and roll all night. Yeah, play, the, okay. so play whatever else you want. You know, the, the, they've got their recognition. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. I, 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 when I said, like, who gives a shit about the casual fan? But they don't give a shit about what Kiss plays. So they could easily put in at least three obscure tunes and the casual fan, will, he, he wouldn't have a clue. He wouldn't care and it would be a great show for him nevertheless. So put in a few, you know, oddities. Yeah, but, yeah not to harp on about it. They're going to see Kiss. They're not actually yeah. going, to, going to listen and analyze and count the drum beats. Yeah. Ken, what about you? What do you got? Well, uh, I like your guys' picks, uh, especially Mr. Speed and Not For The Innocent. Uh, they, they were close to my list for getting on there. Um, but my list is, uh, and actually Charisma, because Charisma is on my list, Lonnie. Um, or Julian. Julian. Julian, sorry. Um, Julian. Um, <laughs> What's up with the <laughs> names, names today? We are I don't know. Names. It's one of those days. Um, yeah. But charisma is on this. I always love that song, and uh, I think I think, like Julian said, it would be great to see live. Really would. I think they could do it well. Um, the next one is I'd like to see "Take Me." Um, that's just a, a great, you know, song from Rock and Roll All Over, and it just drives, you know, just a great driving song. And uh, I think Paul can still pull that off. Actually, pretty good. Um, and the next one is, I would like a new song, a oh, brand new song. Oh, oh! On the next, slow tour. down there. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, uh, I'm hoping yeah. that somehow they treat us with a new song from maybe a, a new album that's comes out or forthcoming. Um, it would be nice. I know Gene said he's wrote, written some anthem song that's like you know. Rock roll night or something. You know, hey, if it's close to it, maybe it might be pretty good. Um, hello Kitty, hello Kitty, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> something like that. I can yeah, imagine. that's right. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, a so new now, song. Now, now you've asked for it because they're probably going to play "Don't Touch My Ascot." Oh yeah. No. Get what you want. Man. No, no. <laughs> I'd rather them sing "White Christmas." Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, that those are my three. Um, but they, there's a there's a lot that we can choose from, of course. Those are good. My three are I'm gonna go ladies' room since they played it on the cruise and it sounded oh, yeah. really great on the cruise. You guys thought I was gonna say Domino or something, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna go ladies' room. I thought it sounded really cool on the cruise. It's a song that they've really neglected since. Uh, since they put the makeup back on, it was a staple back in the live show back in the 70s. So I'm going to say Ladies Room. And I'm going to say Watching You. I think would be really cool. Um, it's obscure, but at the same time, it's it's on a live. You know what I mean? And it's it's a great driving tune. I love the riff on that song. And then my number one is actually going to be a Paul Stanley song. And it's King of the Nighttime World. They teased us and opened with King of the Nighttime World and a few of those first shows in the United States with Def Leppard and I thought oh I'm finally going to get to hear King of the Nighttime World for the first time live since the reunion tour and then after about two or three shows they dropped it and never came back and I was severely disappointed that I didn't get to hear it but I would love to hear King of the Nighttime World one at least one more time played by him so those are my three songs I'd love for Kiss to to crank out on the next tour and any of the songs that I think you guys have mentioned, I think I would be blown away if they played any of those songs. They'd just be like, finally, just change it up a little bit and play something for your hardcore fans that's putting those that money in your wallet. So Alright. On to another one. Top three guitar solos on a kiss song. Do you, have, do you guys have... This one's a little hard for me. But, you know, it's hard, kind of hard to, to to pinpoint certain ones that that I really like more than others. But let's see what for you guys... It was so easy. I felt... Well, then, Daniel, please, go ahead. Yeah, I, I felt like three, three of my favorites. Like, first one in third place, I would put Tears of Fallen. Mm. Uh, Bruce Kulick in his finest moment. Uh, 
I remember watching that video back in 85, 85 and being blown away by the, that solo. Even when I was a kid, I, I liked it. And to this day, I think it's there's some. I don't know what it is about it, but I like it a lot. Um, that's my third pick. Second pick, I would I would put um, an A solo, Parasite. And it's kind of strange with solos. You don't really know why you like them. I'm not sure what what you think about that solo, but to me, it's it's like the perfect solo for that song. And my number one is. A really extended solo. If you think about it, he plays the solo for a while, and then they do some stuff. I think Paul does a bit, and then he continues the solo. It's the solo from uh, Juice. Uh, you know, he solos for quite an extensive amount of time, and uh, I'm just blown away every time they play that one. And if you want to see a good version, you can go to like Cobo Hall '76. Wow. I can watch that solo so many times. Uh, I don't know what it is about it, but I, that's my all-time favorite uh, solo. So, Deuce, Parasite, and Tears of Falling. Three excellent picks. Yeah, of course. Those are an A solo, and throw a Bruce solo in there too. That's good. Ken, what about you? Well, I... Uh stuck with pretty much the uh, classic uh, Kiss. Um, one of them, or one of the first ones is, uh, you know, Calling Dr. Love. I knew you were going Yeah, I, I mentioned it before, and I, that's, again, one of the first songs I really liked to Kiss, and I just loved the way that solo worked in the song. Um, just just a great solo. Um, you know, and you can't say, you know, it's the He's going, you know, you know, he's doing a lot of extra things in it. No, it's just, it's just a perfect fit for the song, and it's, it sounds great. Uh, another one is uh, next one, "Strange Ways." Yeah, that crazy solo. I think they may have pieced it together from things I've read, but whether or not, um, that's just a wild uh, solo. That's like I don't know if you could ever duplicate it. Um, it's just fantastic. Um, so I don't know. So the, you know, distorted, and it's just it's just a good song and a, and a great solo. Uh, the next one is an, as I, I'm going to say, "Shock Me Live." You know, from a, like a live two or something like that. Um, when he did it live and extended into his guitar solo, uh, where it broke in, he had his regular solo in the song, which is good itself on its own. Um, and then breaking into the full solo of the uh, of his performance live. Um, so that that's those are my three though. You know that's hard to choose. And I mean, there's great uh, Bruce Kulick solos and so on uh, down the road that I probably could you know I could have said something Alan Holy or something. Um, but uh, there's some great ones that he he pulled off. That you know, but it's just too hard. Yeah, those are good picks. Um, you know, you can't say enough about the Shock Me solo and that, and especially on the live too. It just sounds so incredible. So, good pick, Julian. What do you got? In number three, the only guitar solo I can actually play on a guitar. <laughs> Detroit Rock City. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> which is pretty basic. But it's the melody of it. Um, I always dig. I I just smile when I hear that solo. Uh, usually because of the song um so and enough about that number two is and and i can't remember off the top of my head and i haven't had time to go and look at it but it's either uh the oath or i on fridays with ace um when he kicks into the song mm. i think it's the oath um no actually it might be i whatever like i said i can't remember which it is he kicks into the solo and he's got such an attack and such a phrasing on the actual execution of the solo. Now, we're not sure if he played that on the album, but when he's doing it live, pretty much the only time he ever did, it makes it so special, and it's just such an aggressive, you know, unlike... Ace is so, like, 
laid back and nimble. His fingers just move when he's soloing, and it, th- there's just a fluidity to how he plays that I, I, I just really dig. That this was such a contrast that that he's jabbing away at the notes and just really executing it um, viciously. So maybe it's a lot of his unhappiness with the album and all that summed up into one performance. But I'll have to go back and look at those later because I, I do want to watch Fridays and, and figure out which one it was. So watch them on YouTube and, I want, and, and figure out which one I'm talking about. I want to say it's probably The Oath uh, because I don't think in I they even do a solo I, I from what I remember. but I Yeah, I, I can't remember off the it top of my head. Oath. So I think I think it is The Oath, but that's always been one of my favorite songs anyway. So, um, And my number one pick is Let Me Go Rock and Roll. It's mm. just it's just the pure party. Oh, yeah, yeah. All, all yeah. you know, it's, it's just it's just so infused with lead work anyway. But when you actually get to the solo, it's a really concise thing that ties in uh, with the rest of the song for me. Um, and and again, it's just down to aces laid back, fingers doing the the talking really, and just with the ease with which he puts so much into any of his notes, um, it, it seems so effortless at times. And and like he says, he's more of a kind of a one take guy on his solos that what comes first and naturally is is really uh organic so let me go rock and roll you mentioned let me go rock and roll always i mean obviously the version on alive is incredible my go-to version of that song is actually on that psycho circus bonus disc that they did um that song just sounds incredible on there and that's the extended solo at the end of that song it's just fantastic and i think it's a great demonstration of, of how the band sounded in on the reunion phase and it's a shame that that's all the official live release we got well i guess we got a lot at that millennium concert but i have a hard time listening to that so my favorite kiss guitar solos um and i'm kind of redoing my list as we were talking because i try not to overlap too much but um because i had deuce and i had Detroit rec city on there and it's like it's, those are obvious picks because they are so good. But um, Bruce's solo on "Forever" I think is really mm. is a really good solo, and it's not a hard solo to, to play. I can actually play it, which tells you how easy it must be because I'm absolutely horrible. So I put that on there, but it's but it's a great solo, and it, it fits so well, infused into the song so well. Really, kind of it really adds a lot to the song for me. Um, so I say that, and it's a pr- I like and the outro on "Let Me Know." And you guys know the riff I'm talking about, um, and it's on "She on Alive." Fantastic! It's one of my favorites. And I don't, I'm still going to say Detroit Rock City, even though Julian already said it because it, it is so iconic. And what's really cool is like when they play it, like in South America. And like the the crowd like sings that solo along with them. Yeah. It is really incredible to watch that. So those are my three favorites. It's, it's totally air guitar heaven that solo. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's a Bob Esrin solo, isn't it? He's not playing at Aces, even if he didn't yeah, write it. Yeah, Bob Esrin sang it to him, but yeah, he said to do it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a great solo. You can't argue that. Absolutely. All right, boys. How about your top three kiss bootlegs? And this is a tough one to narrow it down, but I'll go first on this one. My three kiss favorite bootlegs are Buenos Aires '94, um, Detroit, April seventh, nineteen seventy four. I have, I'm, I went all audio on mine. I don't know if you guys want video on, on yours that you're talking about or anything. I just went all audio. When I think of bootlegs, I think audio. So I said, one, Buenos Aires, 94, Detroit, April of 74. Really an early show. Really primitive sounding, really hungry sounding. And I went Toronto, 76. Not really rare, rare stuff, but just three shows that I go to if I'm interested in, in listening to a bootleg. Julian, let's hear yours. Number one is Barbarize, which was a bootleg, I think, of Milwaukee. 
84 that was available in the 80s and it used i think judas priest's hero hero cover um kind of like the uh the, the the spartan knight on the front but it was the first bootleg kiss bootleg i ever saw so it's strictly there for emotional reasons rather than the content, which I, I, I don't find particularly stunning. And there's certainly better shows from the air. And people will correct me if I got the wrong show and, and the details on that, but it's more because of the cover and the title. Um, number two is going to have to be at the Bayou 74, March the 25th, um, one of the earliest shows around, just because it's, you know, got acrobat in there and and it's just the solid first tour set um and and it's just one of those ones that i i always download new torrents of it in hopes that it's slightly better than the version that i had last um and my number one pick is going to be june 73 the uh the the club show which Obviously, it's still recent in the mind, but just because it is the earliest full live performance of the band, I believe, um, and you, you you get the the Peter Chris band basically because he's still talking a lot behind the drums. You've got the conga line. You, you you've got the Wicked Lester transition material. You've got the Kiss material starting to take shape and find the form that people like Sean Delaney were really going to, you know, contribute to later on in the year. So uh, that has got to be my top pick just because as, as raw as it is, it's just too cool. Very good. Very good. It's excellent picks as well. I mean, there's so many good ones. So it's tough to, it's tough to choose if those are good ones, Julian. Daniel, what about you? Yeah, I think it's, uh... As Julian said, it's kind of a, an emotional pick, all three of mine, because uh, I still go to those bootlegs that I liked uh, in the in the early 90s when I'd listened to a lot of current Kiss bootlegs. So in third place, I would put uh, when they did the club tour in '92, uh, a great tour. Uh, a way of introducing Eric Singer as the drummer, as a new drummer, uh, and uh, it was raw and it was, it sounded great. And there are a few really good bootlegs from from that tour. And my favorite is, and mostly because that's the one I got my hands on, is a, it was called Brooklyn Rocks. They they play in Brooklyn. Great uh, bootleg, great sound. And they, there's actually a video of it now on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it. Uh, in second place, I would put... Um, yeah, we have a bass drum going on. Who's kicking their desk. What? Oh, sorry. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about the, the songs and starting to strumming my fingers here. Can you hear this? Yeah. Okay, yes. okay. Um, so in, in second place, I would put um, a few years later when they were really not that popular anywhere they went to japan and they played a short tour there when there were an earthquake going on so there weren't a lot of people at the shows because people couldn't get there and they played a few songs uh, and i've mentioned that this previously but but uh, the tokyo show that's on a bootleg is just the sound of it is incredible i, I would say it's one of the best sounding bootlegs ever and the version that they do of, for example, Black Diamond with, with Eric Singer on the vocal is magic. Uh, and so that's my second pick. And first, my number one of all time would be have to be one of the uh, 94 shows in South America. I think I would pick Santiago because... Uh, mostly because that's the first video I got and I played it until it... You know, you, <laughs> uh, hundreds of times, I would say. Uh, but Buenos Aires is also a good pick. It was a really cool tour, that one. Uh, they didn't have a lot of effects, um, but it still worked. Uh, of course, they fed of the uh, energy from the crowd. Uh, 
the crowds in South America are incredible. And uh, when I was at the reunion tour in Stockholm back in, I think it was 97, uh, it was kind of like that. It was the craziest I've ever seen a Swedish crowd go. Uh, so that's my favorite concert memory. And I guess it's like that every time in South America. Yeah, the South Americans know how to have a rock and roll party. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Those are great shows. Like, I could not put in those one of those South American shows. It sounded so great on that tour. Um, that lineup to me was just clicking on all cylinders at that point. So, Ken, what about you? Well, mine are audiovisual, I guess, the mix. Um, first, I would choose... Uh, uh, 75 um, San Francisco Winter, Winterland the video um, everything about that's great you know even the sounds good on that um, the quality and the video I just love to watch that those are one of the ones I just go back and I can watch over and over again so that's really great um, another one is uh, also video um, 77 and Largo and uh, that's pretty much regarded as a real a good you know uh, video uh, bootleg to check out and actually that's you know I think they, they haven't put it on any Kissologies that one I don't think um, so that was I think missing uh, I think they put 79 which is another one that was you know had more grainy kind of picture anyway um, but I do have the 79 rehearsal audio which is which is it's fun to listen to every now and then but that's not really on my list um and then the next one uh is the, this it's personal to me I, and it's i brought it up many times before is it's the stone in san francisco uh for the revenge uh club tour the first show and it's just, it just reminds me of when i was there and and you know it's it's pretty decent quality um but you could see you can hear the aggression and the way they're playing, and and the just the song selection that they picked on that is just covers everything. It really does, and uh, it was just a great show. Can help, can help, but listen to that one. So those are those are the ones. Um, I think I almost put on a, a Creatures of the Night one that I, I was at in uh, Los Angeles. I don't know if it's the Universal Theater one. I think that's out there too. That's pretty good quality. Um, I still do remember the part where he says, you know, uh, Paul Stanley says, you know, don't, you know, takes take one step back because people were getting crushed at the at the front of the stage because they told everyone to get out of their seats and come down, right? right. Um, and I was one of the people getting crushed at the beginning <laughs> at the at the front of the stage. So. <laughs> But uh, that's that's another good one. That's almost made my top three there too. How many attended that show? I was the attendance. I don't have the numbers. Maybe Julian can pick that up because he's usually yeah. quick at. Uh, uh, mm. You don't I mean, remember like feeling like it was half empty or something. I don't. I don't remember feeling like it was empty. I mean, mm. I, I was near the front, and most of the crowd's gonna be at the front anyway. I can't remember looking back Man. too much. Um, Must have been the Motley Crue fans misbehaving. <laughs> it was an LA area, and yeah, Motley Crue was LA. So that, that probably helped sell a few more tickets down there, but I don't know the full. It wasn't sold out. I know that, but um, it seemed a good enough crowd, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't have the uh, the numbers immediately available without opening Kiss Alive Forever. My my cheat yeah. sheets for the tours don't, don't have that information. <laughs> Well, guys, I am going to have to wrap this one up a little early. I got um, work to texting me that I got things I have to attend to. Um, damn job gets in the way sometimes. But, um, we can continue this. I think we'll have to have a, a part three of, of favorites. Or the episode. worst. And then we can get into, like I, suge- well, I suggested, we get into some worst three because we weren't we wouldn't be kiss fans if we didn't have some things that we hate and things we like to complain about so especially i guess on the FAQ mostly gets a bad rap anyway ah. <laughs> <laughs> 
thank you guys for for joining today, and thank you for 50 great episodes of the Kiss FAQ podcast. Um, sound like a broken record, but I love doing these with you guys, and it's a great time to sit and discuss our our favorite bands. Yeah. So, so for Daniel, who's responsible for the Kiss FAQ podcast, so thank you, inception. So for Daniel and for Ken and for Julian. I am Lonnie Weiser, SDL Kiss on the Kiss FAQ message board. Watch the show on YouTube. Listen on iTunes. Listen on Spreaker. Download directly at the Kiss FAQ website. For free. For free. How about that? What else Kiss can you get that's free but the Kiss FAQ? (laughs) Thanks for listening. You stay classy, Kiss Army. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. We hope to see you again.